Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. No. Glory. What? We broke our last episode of Raising Rebels into two parts, and now it's time for the second part. Of the third part? The second part or the third part? We broke it into two, and now it's going to be the second part. This is, so we already did the first one, and now it's the second one? Yep. Oh. Good morning, Blue. Good morning. Good morning. Um, you know how on the podcast I often ask parents to do recollections? Yes. Yes, I do. Would you do would you do a recollection for me? Sure. Can you do a recollection of a time you felt free? Time I felt free. Hey, Raising Rebels family. This is part two of our special two-part episode on freedom with Anastasia Renee. Last time, we talked about the choices we make as parents to help our children find spaces that will allow them their freedom. Now, we're going to deal with the hard truth that many times that means putting them in predominantly white spaces and how we deal with that as we try to fight against white supremacy. I spent so much time trying to give my children the best that I too compromised, I think, I compromised their public culture experience. I did not compromise their in-house cultural experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We got that a lot, you Mm -hmm, know what I'm saying? mm -hmm. But I compromised their public cultural experience in some times of their life life because of of trying to keep them safe. But I have to be clear as I guess I'm labeled a veteran parent now for anybody else that has youngers out there that Sometimes those safe white spaces backfired. And then I wasn't prepared for it. So no, you take your you take your car to school, it's not getting broken into. Um you're getting private school uh experience though it's a public school. You know, you're in all the things you want to be in. We, we, we're in this lovely neighborhood. I mean, we lived in the suburb. I lived in Mukatil. We had the house, the picket fence, the front yard, the backyard. Like, I was like, do it. You're doing everything, Anastasia. You got it. You have, you have done all the things. But then I wasn't prepared to go see one of them and um, go to a choir show and be like, oh, my gosh. 
out of 83 children, there's only three that look like my baby. What, what what song are they? They're doing a rendition of a Negro spiritual. Who? What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Parents think I'm the usher. What? And I wasn't. I wasn't prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it has been really hard to when you when you are responsible for for other beings. You're never gonna get it right. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just want to say that you're mm-hmm. never. There's always gonna be pit holes along pit holes, potholes along the way. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. but I wasn't prepared for mm-hmm. the ways in which whiteness is both safe and harmful, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how to talk to your children about the harmful part within the safety. Mm-hmm. I think so much of how that happens for us as parents is that we especially i think i mean we're we're just meeting each other i feel like we've known each other somewhere somewhere else for many for 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 a long long time but i imagine this idea because you started and you said like we had that inside shit on lock we had it on lock, and i definitely feel or have felt that oh, I am like going to do the work of the inside shit. And there's a way in which how the outside shit, you know what I mean, um, becomes, it's so powerful. And we know how powerful we are. And so there's this kind of like power struggle around like, well, it might be powerful, but it's not as powerful as our shit in home mm. and like what we're talking about and what we know we're watching and what we're seeing and what we're reading and and like we gonna know all of the things. And there's a time like the outside shit just starts to get louder. And I think that as it gets louder and louder, as they get older, as they're making choices and then you it, it kind of hit like, you're right. You're not expect. You don't know when and how that's going to happen, yeah. and then it does, and you're like, "Oh my gosh! I hope, I hope, I hope the inside was strong enough to like withstand." And I think that what's really helpful, or what has been helpful for me in my parenting and like thinking about it, is like it's all the inside shit, and that really, I always say, I, I like, I really do believe. All the power I have, I mean, I don't like I don't have all the power, but like one of the tools that I get to have as their parent is cultivating their community. And there's a way in which that balance, because it's not even I mean, I will say also sometimes and and it can be hard and tricky, the things that are white supremacy and oppression can function very loudly within our own community. So it doesn't just have to be perpetrated by people who are white or in like spaces that appear to be predominantly white, but also in spaces that appear to be predominantly people of color, prepared, yeah. you know, appear to be predominantly um are often family, you know, church, um, community. And there's a way that when, you know, for me, wanting my children to have access to freedom, it was a lot about having letting them have access to who they were and how they were showing up and knowing and and like witnessing how certain spaces wouldn't allow for that. Mm-hmm. And spaces that would allow for that, allow for them to like 
like both all, like all my girls have locks and like they're not like that like tight or we just we twisting it every day locks they're like they want it to be they're like if i see if, like if you can see their scalp they're mad do you know what i mean and then my mother's like if i can't see their scalp their hair can't be done so we're like navigating that but in all those ways and how they want to show up they don't give they don't care if their clothes match they don't care if they're like all of the things that for me growing up as a, a girl a black girl in the bronx like were necessary i know for them is constraining yeah and so it's like okay where are the spaces that would allow them to move in ways that feel good what are the spaces where they're in the playground and moving around or in the park it's not the end of the world. Like, where are those spaces? And they tend to be white spaces. Yeah. And so um, the thing that I have been, like, continue to come up against and, like, I find almost con- more concerning than that they've, they're they they're in those spaces is that are they starting to associate freedom or how they get to access their freedom with whiteness? And so for you and your children like do they associate maybe not like the inner identity work around what it means to be a person of color Mm -hmm. um and to be connected to like what is culturally black what is culturally um queer what is culturally um affirming in those ways but when they like the spaces where they get to be show that outwardly um do you feel like in any way there's an association with having access to that in white spaces different than having access to that in like predominantly spaces of color I think they have experienced both um and that's the part that I need if you you know if you are a parent again you gotta know it's not always gonna be the same mm-hmm. it's not a, it is not it's not on loop mm-hmm. it's not a loop baby it's it's gonna be different mm-hmm. right so I think they had times in their lives where they were like wow Culture, culture, culture. Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa. <laughs> yes. You know, I have the like the black, uh, I don't know. There were like these black trivia cards. You know, mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. that was that parents. Who is this? Who is it? Mm-hmm. What? You don't know Bell Hooks? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're grounded for an hour, right? <laughs> uh, so I was on that and I was like, oh, we're we doing Kwanzaa, you know, and their dad was like, uh, you know, is it religious? And I'm like, no, it's not religious. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we did all those things, but then when we would be with the the conscious folks, mm-hmm. I would be like, "Wow, this feels this also feels very oppressive mm-hmm. in some in some some ways." Mm-hmm. Um, and even them growing up, they would be like, "Yeah, I went to I went to this particular celebration," but then they spent twenty minutes talking about. Um, gay people and how they're also they're gonna go to hell Mm -hmm. and this is like messing up the black family and this is and everything gulp 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 yeah yeah um it's like fight the power Uh um Uh uh and then in white spaces it would be like yeah they don't even know who like we had this conversation and all they kept talking about was three people in the civil rights movement, like acting like, I'm like, mom, can you believe it? Them acting like our history began with slavery. Mm-hmm, what? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt, I feel like it always, it was up and down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I definitely think that freedom, freedom is associated with whiteness because the whiter you are, the freer you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, 
that that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I've had to combat that, but it's really hard to, to it's really hard to have a, a rebuttal for that mm-hmm. when there are some not everyone, but there when there are some people in POC or Black communities that are they only want you to show up. 43% as well. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so if you have to be 43% in this community and 30% in this community and like 20% in this community, but your parents are telling you you are 100% whole all the time, I think it weighs it weighs on the babies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when that internal, the seed that we've been planting as mm-hmm, parents, mm-hmm. that's when it's key. And it's not, it might not be as key when they're seven because mm-hmm. when they're seven, they got you. Mm-hmm. They got you to say, yes, look in the mirror. Yes, you're beautiful. They need it when they're 17 mm-hmm. or 25 mm-hmm. or away. Or, or right now. Or right, yeah. Or right and now, so, the ripe old age of 42, right they now. They need it, yeah. 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 And I, so I think it's, it's both and, mm-hmm. it's or. Often, like, I've put you guys in spaces that are predominantly white. And a lot of those times, it's because I want you to be able to experience something that I think is, like, freeing or I want you to have access to. And something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is whether you all associate freedom with white people and whiteness. I mean, yeah, like... I imagine that white people have like they have more opportunities to be free than people of color because they do. Mm-hmm. So when I think of freedom, some some half the time I think of black culture and coloredness, and sometimes I think of just opportunities, just the opportunities that a lot of white people have that we fortunately have too. Well, I guess something I want to make, sh- I want to say, and I don't know how I can say it, but I don't know how necessarily I show you or make you feel it. But freedom is something that we're all born with, and that oppression kind of starts to take that freedom away from us. And I think what I'm trying to do so much is to put you in spaces where that oppression isn't as strong. Um, And I haven't quite figured out how to do that well. I don't necessarily feel like it's in white spaces because even though in those spaces, there's more opportunities for children to just be, it's also like everything else, all of the whiteness Mm -hmm. is there Mm -hmm. too. And so that feels really oppressive. Um, and I hope that there are moments that you get to be all of who you are, experience freedom from a place of like your entire identity versus just parts of who you are. Um, are there any spaces like that for you? Like with my family, you know, with my family, you guys are the best. (laughs) You're the best too, Blue. Moxie? Do you associate freedom with whiteness? White people, I feel like, are the least free because it's kind of like, I guess, if you're in space and you got there and you're there, you don't really have the longing to reach for the stars. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The conversation I try to have with the girls all the time is that, like, whiteness doesn't doesn't just show up in white people and that anything that is around being restrictive or narrowing the definition of what can be is white supremacy Mm -hmm. and sometimes that is you know our people have ingested it's they're so they're the spaces in which they get to be are so small and so they guard it with their entire like self yes and so like something that happened um I remember when our girls were like, our oldest maybe was nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would take, it was like the two oldest and they would take the school bus to school. And they came home one day, they would come home and complain about the school bus. Like it felt unsafe. And like, um, there were these kids that were acting up on the school bus mm-hmm. and their school was, you know, a, a lot of white liberals and like, black kids like it was a very racially diverse school it was very cu- culturally white liberal right space progressive mm-hmm. white liberal space oh, and progressive. so pro progressive white liberal <laughs> spaces um and so they were on the school bus and they would like you know talk about how hard it is and then they would say like yeah i was like who is caught like well who's causing the issues like what's mm-hmm. hard mm-hmm. and they were like well they're these black boys um and they are calling people names and they won't let so-and-so sit and they're like all of these things of like restricting other people's freedom making my girls feel really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um and it was like one and it's those moments that like you know like we've raised them to expect like a level of like empathy and love and connection with other human beings and then here they come in contact with oppression that has been internalized by black folks. And they see the person. They don't see the history mm-hmm. and like the circumstance and the context for why or how these young boys are showing up on the bus. Um, they just know it's a problem. And they come and they're like, mom, do what you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hold people Fix accountable. Yeah. Fix it and hold everybody accountable. That's what I, I'm the accountability police. That's what I do. And they're like, come hold everybody accountable. And um, I said to them, well, you know, we should talk to Papa, their dad. I was like, we should talk to your dad. And they're like, well, you know, why? You know, what? go fix this. We talk him. Why? We, you know. And I was like, because Papa was a black boy too. And let's just hear his perspective on what might be happening on this bus. Um, and so my partner, you know, we sit down with the girls and like I start to talk, like facilitate this conversation between them. I'm like, so they're having this issue. Did this ever happen to you? Were you ever on or in spaces with other kids and being unkind as a black boy? And he spoke to 
all of who he was mm. and all and they love him like he's safe you know like there's no confusion he's all right papa. he's papa yeah, yeah. like he's free he's free to mom like he lets do all the things so um there's a way in like being able to have that conversation from the place of empathy and connection to somebody and and being honest about like yeah i did that this is why I may have been doing those things. This might be why this is happening for these kids. And those kids didn't change and shift, you know, like they didn't all of a sudden go back in and have a good talk with my kids and like, oh yeah, now we're going to stop cussing on the back of the bus and make you uncomfortable. But their expectation or understanding of the complexity of who they were as human beings, bigger than like how they were meeting them in that moment, grew. And I think it's very similar in other ways that we're trying to have conversation with our children who we're raising to be like all of who they are mm -hmm. and um, have the be in spaces that we know are enriching to them around identity, their race, that also can be limiting about all all sorts of other ways in which and who they are and recognizing their capacity for the complexity of what the world is as young as possible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think... um like you talk about kind of how you have learned, you know, how you've evolved and people see the finished product, mm -hmm. you know, like people see like, which is not a finished product, right? It's, like not. it's not, cause we still, you still parenting, hardcore, you still in it. Um, but this idea that there's so much that you've learned and ways in which you have grown. And um, so I guess, I mean, my next question is something I want to, is like, what are the things around how whiteness has shown up in your parenting that you have to forgive yourself for? Mm. I, I do want to just circle back around to say like, you know, I think as a, as a black parent, the hardest lesson that I've ever had to teach my children is that it's just that white supremacy doesn't always show up in a KKK. Sometimes it shows up. As someone who looks exactly like you, mm -hmm. um, and that's been a hard lesson to to teach again because you're looking at when you're young, you're looking at the appearance, and you're like, no, that's not the same. That's not the same. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's been a really hard. I would even say an ongoing lesson for me. For me, I yeah. mean, like for me as an adult, like that's a constant. Um, I have this sheet of paper. Everybody knows I do this. That, I mean, <laughs> that I walk around Tell with. Tell me about this sheet of paper. Well, I brought one for you, so don't worry. So anyway, I went to this conference and they talk about like what is culturally white and this idea that whiteness is around like a way of thinking, mm -hmm. right? And that all different types of people, if you've, if you've been able to find any level of success or access in these here United States of America, you have figured out how to navigate this white culture. You've embodied it. You've like spoke, like you know how to do it. You might not like it. You may not be conscious of it, but it is part of how you function in this world. And so, you know, I went to this conference and I like was looking at it and I was like, oh shit, there's so many things on this. That is part <laughs> of who I am, you yeah. know, as a first generation um, person in this world like that's immigrant culture is to learn about like Christianity is it Puritan you know not Puritan yes but also Protestant work ethic Christianity number one you know time is of the essence like you better speak with proper English like all that shit yeah. that 
um, is part of what I need. Like I was, it's an expectation of me recognizing like that's all part of white culture. And so there's a way that I keep, I put it on my fridge and it helps hold me accountable to places in which we're like, it's not about what's presenting itself as a conflict in this moment. It's really a, around where whiteness is showing up in my household, mm-hmm. where whiteness is showing up in like how I'm trying to navigate this world. And it's not about that kid who won't like go to sleep. After, you know, like you said, <laughs> why well, I said 10 o'clock? It's not about nothing. Nothing shifting from 10 no. to like 1001. But because of this oppression, like I'm we're trying to figure out how to function in this way. And so yeah, like I I mean I definitely am like really curious, right? Like how on the other side of this um pushing back against trying to give your children access to the freedom, let them be who they are in the world and the ways whiteness has showed up in your parenting. Yeah, I think, uh, I know I keep coming back to it. It's such a hard because it's so hard, and I and I knew we're coming. This is like master's class, right? Like we're like I, we're going hard here. It is, and I'm like, okay. The reason why it's so hard for me to answer is because I also think there are aspects about our culture that some of us haven't tapped into that we assume is white culture yes but it's not white culture it's just that the white people have appropriated it so hard Mm -hmm. that by the time it got to you it's not in the same package Mm -hmm. and you didn't know those original ingredients were ours to begin with exactly like you're not emulating white culture you're emulating what white people have appropriated that once was your culture watered down so um I think that out of fear, I was so afraid because we, you know, we were in the suburbs mm-hmm, and, we were, mm-hmm, and I was mm-hmm. so afraid of them speaking a certain way. I think I actually, I think I actually, <laughs> whoa, I think I actually <laughs> had a conversation with them and was like, this is how you code switch. Because I was like, you're not going to say certain things out there in the world around your friends or your teachers or white people at the Starbucks or Target, you you will absolutely not say these things outside. Mm -hmm. But I'm okay if you say these things inside and with your friends and family. And that was out of fear. Mm -hmm. But I do think that also goes along the lines of like, not being your full self. I think I told them a lot as um, young black men and young uh, just brown people and non-binary people in general, you know, don't also don't laugh extremely loud because if you if you all are laughing and you know they're you know they're siblings they mm-hmm, tussle a lot mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm. my goodness um, mm-hmm. they still do that they're mm-hmm. twenty five and twenty one you know fun. but it's just so like, fun it's and so free fun like riding that bike down the hill what's the problem but I would be it's like when be we okay. get in the target mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you will absolutely not tackle each other no and they would be like mom and I'm like you absolutely will not. Why? 
because there's three security guards in here mm-hmm. and all these cameras and we're in the suburbs and it's just me mm-hmm. and I don't know what will happen to you. Well, that I wanted to say. I but it's, say. it's taking, it's like making them be less. No, yes. Like, I but feel like yes, it, yes, I yes, yes. And mm-hmm. yes, and because that's what we, yes, and the level of introspection that you were able to do, are able to access so that you could explain and be clear about the mm. why. Yeah. Do you know, like, the, like, this is what's happening here. And they know they got you and they trust you and they know that you see all of them and you want all of them. And so even though there is this, like, larger oppression that's functioning, I mean, you answered the question. That's why they walk around free now because... <laughs> They understood because you verbalized I did, yeah. the complexity of what was happening in their lived experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that the more we as parents, um, oppressed parents trying to raise these free children can do introspection around like how we access freedom, where the freedom is limiting, understand how the our children's capacity for complexity. You know, like I heard you say um, when you were speaking, I've heard like, well, they don't know. Like, they, you know, they see it happening in this body or they, they don't. I 100%, first of all, I think kids know more than, than any of us can because yeah, they don't have, they're so much closer to the ancestors, right? They're so much closer to the knowing of who they are outside of like the limitations of this world. Mm-hmm. And so they understand shit's complex. You know what I mean? Like just because you might uncle don't mean you don't you're not shady you know what i mean like kids know you know the creepy uncle you like you your instincts will tell you i don't it don't matter what form body you came in Mm -hmm. and we're constantly gaslighting them and like telling them they don't know what they know and then we like and trust your instincts you know like yeah you don't i know you see i know you know it's okay to be outside at 1005 because ain't shit change from 10 o'clock to 1005 but i'm i'm i am telling you that you got to be here but most of us don't do the thing you do around like but that's about my fear yeah do you know what i mean and so then they can say like oh that makes sense yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I, yes. uh, I mean, if you call them up right now, they'll be like, what, are, what is your mommy known for? Talking. We have so many talks. <laughs> oh, my God. Mom wants to talk to us again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We're talking. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I did. I did. Yes. Because I, I knew. Yeah. Like, I knew. I, I just felt like I was doing, like, this was a huge, I don't know, a magnolia tree. And then so many times I would make them be a bush. Like, don't be a magnolia tree. Mm-hmm. Just be, be this thing. So you will be okay. And I think that that's the gray area between being like being a parent and being fearful or also being a parent and instilling whiteness. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm, such a gray area mm-hmm. between because it, it it has the same root, mm-hmm. at least for me. Mm-hmm. The same root is, is there. I think that um, how we like function within the grayness is just to speak about the process. And I am like, I feel so blessed to have been able to sit with you and speak about the journey, right? That continues um, around your amazing children and like sit in the process of Mm -hmm. like helping them access their freedom. Thank you so much for talking with us. Talking uh, (laughs) about it. Like I said, I don't, I think, when your children are a certain age or when you reach a certain age, people don't 
it's like some of our our elders we were just like yeah yeah okay that's cool give mm-hmm, them a seat mm-hmm. but like no no they, win, they know way more than wikipedia baby oh my Talk god to elder, you i don't know i mean i i it's confusing that yeah. we are not in more intergenerational community it is like really missing yeah and and when you talk i mean you mentioned something around um the places where whiteness has co-opted and like 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 dulled the culture of what was ours and i think part of it is like you see how maybe like a white mother engages with her teenage daughter and like and they're like well, we won't do that. Like, I'm not your friend. You know, like you'll hear black people say like, I'm not, we're not friends. And thinking that they're pushing back against like whiteness, but in actuality, living in intergenerational community is at the core of who we are as black people. And instead of like recognizing that, we think about like, no, that's white people shit. You know, mm-hmm. like that's we don't why. Why would you be sitting talking to? The, and when you go to, but the old people always want to talk to the kids all the time. They're all the time, they get it. They all the always time. want to talk to the kids. They're like, yeah, that's what you wear. What what's going on with you? Mm-hmm. They always want, and we miss that. Like we miss those places where really that's our shit. That's how we it's get down. It's shit. always been our shit. That's what we're about. But we've we've been. It's been stolen. You know, it's been co opted, mm-hmm. and it's been like corrupted yeah and i think that um like our freedom is ours you know what i'm saying like it's like no one can like give it to us and no one can take it away at at its core you know what i'm saying like the oppression is real the fizz like racism is real like all of the oppression is real but like how we define freedom for ourselves is 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 we get to do that um it's like our birthright yeah i want to thank my kids for giving me the freedom to give something. Yes. I I don't I don't know how to explain that. They've you given d- me the freedom to give something in a world where you feel like you have to withhold, withhold, withhold and only dole out, you know. Mm-hmm. Even when I see people starting relationships, well, I'm not gonna text. Well, they didn't text me back. Mm-hmm. We're gonna play this game or I'm you know, I don't wanna be friends with my colleague. There's always such like, uh, I'm gonna give you this and I wanna stingy. Someone yeah. said like someone's like, Why yes. you, thanks for not like these people are so stingy. With everything. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thankful that my kids have given me the freedom to pour out. I can just love Mm -hmm. um and that's been that's been that's been an amazing freedom yay yay (laughs) thank you Thank you for listening to this very special episode of Raising Rebels. Shout outs to Anastasia for all of her wisdom and thoughts she brought to the space. If you loved it, don't forget to comment, subscribe, spread the word so you don't miss out on anything. See you next week. This podcast was produced by Domino Sound.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.